I didn't come alone this time. Can Griffey swing the crowd to one rhyme? Yeah, Griffey's a swinger, not a singer, a deaf rhyme bringer, a home run hitter, but I'm not a dope slinger. For those who try to flex, I'm a quick neck ringer. For those who think the rhyme is wiggity whack, I'm a stinger. The G, the R, the I, the F, the F, the E. Well, baseball fans, I hope you've uh, shaken off your Hall of Fame hangover. It is time to talk some baseball on the Stoop Pod. This is the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. I'm Chris Swick. Chris, so uh, we got two Hall of Famers, uh, Mike Piazza, Ken Griffey Jr., of course. Uh, Denard Spann signed with the Giants today. Alex Gordon re-signed with the Royals this week. Lots to talk about in baseball. Um, with apologies to Denard Spann and Alex Gordon, I don't, I don't know that we're going to say a whole ton about them today. So if you have something to say about them right now, here's your time. Uh, I thought that the Gordon deal was good for the Royals. It was cheaper than I expected. And if Span's healthy, the same thing's going to happen with the Giants. All right. Good moves. Yay. <laughs> Talk about the Hall of Fame, which is far more argumentative and contentious and and uh, just, a, just a process, man. I'm going to... I'm going to talk. We'll, t- we'll get into a little bit about my issues with the Hall of Fame. Uh, don't worry, fans. We will. We will certainly complain, or I will complain. But uh, let's. I guess let's just start at the top. We got two people in this year, Chris. Were, were you surprised that we got two? Were you expecting more? Uh, kind of. I guess I was expecting more. I'm not necessarily surprised because I guess the voters have done this weird thing where they won't vote for certain people. Uh, and I guess I guess specifically I'm talking about you know Bonds and Clemens and McGuire and Sosa and kind of all those guys who have been suspected of PED use. But I I guess I'm a I'm a little surprised. I know you know Bagwell made some huge gains and it looked like he was going to get close. And I feel like both he and Tim Raines have seen a big uptick in their candidacy the last couple years. So I thought maybe one of those two might sneak in. Um, obviously we know that didn't happen, but it, it kind of looks like they're on the right path. The trajectory is going to carry them probably to induction pretty soon. Yeah. I felt like two was sort of going to be the number. Um, so I can't say I'm, I'm surprised that Bagwell didn't get in. Um, I, I looked at like most people, you know, watched the, the ballot counters and whatnot. And I just, you saw the Bagwell number just keep going down and down and down and, um, I guess I, I feel like the more ballots we see public at first, those are the ones that are better for, you know, the guys who are somewhat connected to PEDs. So I guess I wasn't surprised that it only was Piazza and Griffey. I mean, it seemed it, it seemed like it was going that way. So I know some people at one point thought maybe we can get four or three. And um, once we got into the day, I, I was pretty certain it was only going to be two people. So can't say I'm, you know, surprised or shocked or anything there, but I think the bigger topic now is as we look forward and you wrote a nice piece about this, um, next year's ballot, I think just becomes a, a very, very interesting situation. Um, you know, we got Manny Ramirez being added, Pudge Rodriguez, Vladimir Guerrero, um, all very big names, but every, each one of them sort of has a question mark. So I guess the question is like with those guys already, and then the people that are hanging over from this ballot, who do you think gets in next year? Yeah, so I don't think any of the those three guys that you just mentioned get in. Uh, I mean, in Manny's a no, right? He's not getting in next year. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how. I don't see how Manny can get in when like, you know, I don't know, Rafael Palmeiro didn't get in, or 
or McGuire. I mean, these guys aren't even, you know, getting anywhere close to, to right. getting in. So um, I can't see Manny getting yeah. in. I feel like Pudge deserves to be in, uh, probably as a first ballot guy, but he's going to get hurt by, I think, the PED suspicion stuff. There he's he's going to be like the new Piazza, new Bagwell, right? I mean, that's kind of what it's going to be. Like, people are going to be like, how come this guy isn't in? And then, oh, it's because the writers are being weird, right? Right. And then, you know, Vlad is interesting because I, he has the best reputation of those two or those three players. But some of, I don't, there's something about his numbers. They're impressive, but if, they're, if you compare them to some other guys, um, I know so, someone you've talked about a lot. Are you going to let me do my rant? Or not yeah, my... yeah, go well, ahead. It's not a rant, but so Vlad, like when you look at the numbers, is not quite as good as you would expect him to be, but he's one of those guys where you're like, like if you just ask your friends or whatever, be like, you think Vlad should be in the Hall of Fame? They're like, yeah, of course, because he's Vlad, you know? So his reputation is kind of better than his numbers. And if you look at like his career war, it's not that far off from Jim Edmonds, right? Like it's, and, and put whatever you want in war. I mean, you know, probably Jim Edmonds' defense helps him. He kind of maybe helps those numbers a little bit. I mean, would you agree? that? Yeah, but I mean, even like slash line, you know, Jim, Vlad was better. Yeah. But you look at both their slash lines and you're like, wow, it's actually a lot closer than I thought. And so and we're not talking about somebody who is, you know, getting 30% of the vote either. We're talking about somebody who fell off the ballot in their first year. So that kind of makes me feel like maybe Vlad for numbers people is not going to hold up as much as Vlad would be for people who just like remember the highlights and remember sort of like, Oh, that guy was, that guy was so great to watch. Um, I, I don't know. I saw like MLB network. It was like, Hey, is Vlad a first ballot hall of famer? And like, I, I mean, I love that guy, but I don't, I, I really would be surprised if he got in on the first ballot. But for some reason, I think he'll do better than Pudge in the first year. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't necessarily think that's fair. But I think just that that reputation and the narrative surrounding Vlad, I mean, like you said, if you asked your friends, they would be like, oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think there are just these legendary stories where Vladimir Guerrero takes on these superhero-like traits, and you just don't... It's like if, if Bo Jackson had a career that was close to Hall of Fame. It's like almost the same thing to me, yeah. where you could be like, oh, man, one time Vlad threw a ball 500 miles an hour, and somebody would be like... I could see that. I could see that happening. <laughs> no, it's exactly what it is. And, and you know, that's to say that some people, you know, the Hall of Fame voters maybe that would say, well, I don't care what the numbers say. Like, I care about what I saw in the clubhouse or I care about his reputation. I care about what players say. And, and maybe he's going to get a different kind of look from those people uh, as he would by the people who just look at, you know, numbers. And that's kind of their end-all be-all of, of weighing Hall of Fame. So I think all those three guys are interesting. And then, of course, we have what, Bagwell, Yusina, yeah. Schilling, I mean, all these guys. I was going to uh, say, I kind of sidestepped your question. Well, yeah, no, but, I mean, initially. this is a good setup, though. I mean, this is a good conversation for all of it. So I guess now if we have to say, okay, who are the, like, who do you think gets in next year? Or I think you you might have raised the point yesterday, like, does anybody get in? I think it's possible nobody gets in. I guess, you know, the thing with a lot of these guys is you they see their voting percentage go up. Um, the longer they stay on the ballot. Like, you know, Bagwell's seen it. Reigns has definitely seen it. And what was... There was one year a while ago... See, now I'm trying to think about how how this worked. Some player 
It's like maybe it was the Larkin year. Or was that was was Larkin elected in his first year? Do you remember? I maybe I don't know if it was his first year. I know he went in by himself. I know that much. I I feel like maybe there was a year recently where there was a a fear that nobody would get in, and then suddenly like some player got a bunch of extra votes and he made it in. It might, like that might have been the Larkin, Larkin year. Then. That could have been that so. Year. I almost feel like that's what's going to happen with Bagwell or with Reigns is that there might be that concern that nobody will get in and it's always fun when at least one person gets in. So I think both of those guys will probably see enough votes to, to make it. And I also think Hoffman has a shot as well. I'm going to say, and we can go back, you can put this on the record and go back. I'm going to say Reigns and Bagwell next year. Yeah, and that's, that's not, not a bad guess. Not a, It's not a, you know, Randy Johnson... Pedro Martinez type class. It's not a Ken Griffey Jr. type class, but I think those are two guys who have kind of been overlooked for a long time. And um, so I guess if we're looking at narratives, maybe the narrative next year is the guys who finally get their due. Uh, you know, Reigns has been getting closer every year. He has a good following of people who really support him. And uh, last year, the next next year will be his last year, is what I mean to say there. So I think you know you kind of get a boost there. Um, so he's close enough. I, I I feel like I feel like next year. Would be the year for him. Uh, I, have, I have a, I don't know. It just seems like it just seems like one of those stories that's kind of setting up for that, you know? Yeah, and I would say I feel pretty confident that both Bagwell and Reigns will get in. The only thing that gives me pause is the whole voting purge thing. So the BBWA got rid of, I think, close to a hundred ballots. Hundred and eight, nine, hundred and nine, I think. Yeah, and those were voters who had been ten years removed from covering the game. Yeah. I, so I don't I don't necessarily necessarily know what that means as far as well I, I guess that's the problem we we have no idea what that's going to mean going forward I mean this was the first year we saw um, the BBWA without those votes so will you see people um, like Bagwell receive large jumps in voting percentage in just one single season now that those 100 votes are gone you know what I mean I, I have no idea you're saying it's a small sample size. Well, I'm just saying that's how it used to be, and now it's slightly different. So yeah. I, I don't really know. Hard to hard to project that into the future. Right. I'm, I'm trying to speak your nerd language here, Chris. I'm trying to give you some no, of that no, nerd. I'm, I appreciate that. Trying to cross over into nerdland. I, I don't have a, um, you know, Star Wars toys on my desk like you. So I'm trying to bridge that gap, man. I do Correct. have a BB-8 um, th- little thing you could drink water out of not on my desk but i have that oh I, I just got a kylo ren thing you could drink water out of <laughs> this week i don't even know what you, I, I i i don't I hesitate to call it a cup because it's not really a cup but it's, it's a, like uh i don't know one of those thermos things well mine's an actual bb8 and she, there's just a place to put a hole a straw oh. in it you know all right that's yeah. pretty cool like ken griffey jr had i don't know if you saw that he had like star wars stuff on in his kitchen like his house was all clean you know, when they're in there for the Hall of Fame announcement, except for he had like two Star Wars like <laughs> thermoses. And I was like, yeah, that, that's, I did not notice that. that's why you're the kid. I like yeah, it. Yeah, Griffey Jr. He's so, awesome. So that's good. I'm, I'm happy about those results. Happy King Griffey Jr. got in. I'm happy Mike Piazza got in. But you're mad about other things. But I'm not, I'm not overall happy with everything, Chris. And, and it's, I guess it's not the results so much as it's just the process. The process has gotten to be, and my wife asked me this last night. She was like, so, like, why are people mad, <laughs> you know? And it's like, and she asked me something about Mike Piazza, and, like, 
Like, how come he hadn't got in before? And then I had to sort of explain this to her. And as I said it out loud, it just sounded like the dumbest thing. <laughs> you know, like, as you try to explain to somebody who doesn't follow baseball, like, well, there's all these people and they all get to make up their own decision about how they're going to vote. And then they just pick really arbitrary things that, that they think are important. Um, and then one guy said, well, he has back acne, so he must be using steroids. And then some other people listen to that. And, like, it it just sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud to somebody. And that's bad enough, right? But then now you have this whole other world where every single ballot is scrutinized and, and shamed. And, and if you don't, you know, you got people out there that'll that'll pick the ideal ballot on Twitter and and if you're not picking this person, then they're jumping down your throat. And I mean, you know, Tim Brown stopped voting for the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's a great baseball writer, very much respected. I think he just like had enough of it. And we've seen other people too, just like, ah. And I don't know what, what the, I don't know what the solution is, Chris, but it's kind of something I want to talk about. And, and we're obviously not going to fix this problem today. The BBWAA has, has tried to make some steps to make it better. They've got some resistance from the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, there's been some changes this year, but the BBWA has recommended even more changes that the Hall of Fame haven't um, agreed to. So I, that's kind of why I want to talk about us, um, you know, what we think could be better. But before we get into that, I, I do want to explain more of the, why the process irritates me. Um, so at first it was like, you know, Hall of Fame Day is like, oh, everyone's just going to be outraged. Like you're just going to be mad all day because no matter what happens, um, you know, someone's going to be upset. And then it's like, I'm mad at the outrage. So now I'm outraged by the outrage. And it's just this this horrible cycle. And before you know it, you're like, you know, here's this baseball player I really liked when I was a kid. And he's going into the Hall of Fame. And that's really cool. And I should be happy about that. But instead, like, my life is everyone being like, who are the three people that didn't vote for Griffey? They should get their <laughs> vote taken away. And da, 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 instead of being able to actually, like, I don't know, enjoy what should be a happy moment. Like, it's all about who didn't vote for this person, why, what we should do to punish them, and, and just the whole process of it has become horrible. Like, like it takes it takes the fun out of it. It takes the, like, what should be a good thing, and it just turns it into something you don't like. Like, it's, it's when a holiday becomes something you hate because, you know, like, and this is a... I don't know. Sorry to air out family stuff on here, but when when Christmas gets to that point because you have to go to like 18 houses and it's just like not fun, like it's like that. It's like the Hall of Fame is not fun anymore. And not, not the process of going to the Hall of Fame, but just like everything that, that happens to get there. It's just not fun. I guess so. I'm not not as mad as you about the whole thing. I, yeah. I do think... You You're know, not as cynical of, as me, Chris. Well, I think some of the minor like ballot stuff, um, like, you know... it. I, I tend to think there are more than 10 qualified Hall of Famers currently on the ballot. And if you're going to snipe somebody, you know, for not voting for like Edgar Martinez, who I think by a lot of measures is probably a borderline candidate, I don't really understand that. But I, I do think the people who did not vote for Griffey should, should have to answer for that in some way. Um, you walk the plank? No, they should they should have to explain themselves. I I I think because now we're what we're yeah we're officially over twenty four hours removed from the announcement, and those ballots are still not out there. And I don't like that you can hide behind that you can have that anonymity. And in in this case, you know I think 
based on the current voting restrictions, you can only vote for 10 players. There's There are legitimate strategic reasons to leave Griffey off a ballot, as dumb yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. But I feel like if that was the case and that's what happened, those people would have stepped forward at this point and been like, look, I love Griffey. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. But I also love Alan Trammell, and yeah. I was trying to get him an extra vote. And that's what happened last year with, or yeah, Pedro was it Pedro last year or it was, it was Pedro and Randy Johnson yeah. were left off. Mike Bernardino. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I want to talk about like just what things we think would be good, and you you've sort of hit on a couple of the of the things I wanted to talk about, um, and mine kind of go together. They're they're a Christmas present that's in two parts. Um, although one of them may be unrealistic in the year 2016, definitely in the year 2015. Um, so I'm going to, I guess I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my two and then I'll let you kind of get into what you think, but I have, I have others, but um, these two kind of go together to me. For one, I do think every ballot should be made public, um, as, as sort of a, I don't know, as a journalist, as a, as somebody who values information, I, I do think that, uh, you know, journalists should be public about what they're voting especially for something like the hall of fame you know most people may make it public at this point anyway it's not like we're you know trying to change the course of, of the way things go so like make your make your ballots public and, and make it make it official um i think i think that would go a long way to not only um making the process seem a little more uh well maybe a little less stupid because people get this is the thing. People get mad. People get mad at the writers. And I kind of feel bad, like, that they just throw the entire BBWA under the bus when a lot of these people are doing, you know, making the right calls. I mean, you could say 99.3% of them are making the right call in some cases. <laughs> um, so it, I think, one, it would just make the organization look better in that sense. You know, like, hey, we're being public with it. And, you know, in the sake of journalism, I mean, we're journalists, you know, like, let's be upfront about it. And I think that's good. That, of course, I realize goes, you know, directly in the face of me saying that, um, we shouldn't, you know, be, just over scrutinize these people, because by putting all the ballots public, I realize that that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, so I guess my part two of that is like everybody needs to chill the hell out, and that's the part I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just can't trust humanity to to chill out. But um, like if if some writer has a Hall of Fame ballot that you don't like because it doesn't have Edgar Martinez on it or it doesn't have Barry Bonds on it. Like, it's okay. You don't got to send, like, five tweets in a row and, and tell that person they're an idiot. Like, like it's cool, man. Like, that that's that person's opinion. Like, chill. Just calm down. So, like, a uh, uh, Hall of Fame ballot in which your favorite player is not on it, like, is not a personal insult to you. I, I you know, to me, to me that makes sense. But to some people, like, man, I, I, I don't know. So make the ballots public. It's a good thing. But then people, if we do that, you guys have to agree to chill out a little bit and not, you know, make the writers feel bad about being transparent. That's what I think, Chris. All right. Uh, I would add a couple things here. Uh, I, I really like the idea of the binary ballot. Um, so I know you're probably aware of that. That was but... my next one. So, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, well, it was proposed by, I think, Derek Gould of yeah. the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and basically it would just be a ballot, and the only question on there would be, is Tim Raines a Hall of Famer? And then you'd have to check yes or no next to that guy's name. And so it would be that for every single player. Uh, and so the, it wouldn't... The point of that is to limit, to get rid of the 10-person limit, right? 
the main point. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, I think it also kind of aims to maybe get rid of like Mike Piazza being on the ballot for four years. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the whole, that whole idea is very dumb to me. That Mike Piazza is a Hall of Famer on his fourth try, but he wasn't on his first. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the same time, I. I understand in some cases, like Burt Blylevin had his Hall of Fame case strengthened by advanced stats and new research that showed he was better than expected. And I like the fact that he was able to remain on the ballot as long as, as he did because he eventually got in because of this new evidence. And that's great. You know, I think if a guy was really better than people thought at the time based on the information we had back then, um, I feel like they should be rewarded, and that that's awesome. But then, in you know, cases of Piazza, where it's so obvious that this guy should have gone in based on his numbers immediately, uh, and then he lasts somehow four years, that that makes me angry. Yeah. So I I don't see now. I've just gone off on a rant. Well, so no, I, but no, that's good though. I mean, I went off on a rant, but I I think one of the things I like about the binary about too is like. Like I said, it gets rid of the it gets rid of the um, the restriction of ten people, but I think it also kind of changes the way you look at them in the sense that you're looking at each person individually and not really like how do they fit within my ballot, you know? Like me, this is this is what I'm picking. So I think it, it kind of changes the approach and to say like, okay, this person, yes or no, as opposed to here are the the ten people that I get to pick. Um, so I, th- I think that changes a little bit of the the way you look at it and for people who are upset that the you know oh this writer is trying to take a stand about this or this writer is trying to make it about themselves like that kind of that that step makes it less about the writer and more about the player uh, yeah 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 it's a good point my gosh all right so i, I congratulate I took... myself because you didn't what's that i congratulated myself because you didn't yeah yeah well, I mean, I, I stole your binary ballot argument. So, did you? Is there something else that you're recommending? Uh, you can, if you have another one, you can go. Uh, I'm getting I, no, a drink I of water. I don't think I do. I was thirsty. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really think of anything else that makes me all that angry. I guess I'm not angry, man. Like, how can we make it better? I, I, I do also. I also wonder, and I don't know if I'm ready to say this because. One, I, I love I love the effort that, that Ryan Thibodeau puts into doing his um, collecting all the ballots. But I also kind of wonder if um, having them all come out at one time, like all of them, would be a little a little better for the sake of um, decorum and you know kind of people being good. But I, I I do enjoy the the return process, I guess. Like what? Oh, you know, so and so's at. 85%. I wonder if he can keep it. Like, I like that, but I don't like the individual shaming of each ballot, like, as it happens. So right. I, I don't know where I fall. I, I can't really recommend, like, oh, we should do this. But, um, like, I do kind of feel like for, for the sake of people being nice to each other, uh, it would be probably better if they all came out at once because then you, you know, you wouldn't be able to scrutinize um, somebody on a day-by-day basis when, let's be honest, like, a lot of times there's not stuff to talk about some of these days so the only thing you get to talk about in baseball is so-and-so's hall of fame ballot ballot. yeah so if they all came out at once then you know you really just make fun of the worst ballot and i feel like that's a little more fair than 
you know, just like whatever ballot happens to come out that day. And then and that, that makes it a little less, uh, you know, bad for these writers who might not want to share their ballots. But, but like I said, I do enjoy the, the sort of ongoing, like watching the, Oh, is Griffey going to keep hundred percent? Oh, he's keeping hundred percent, keep hundred percent, you know, or, or seeing Bagwell going down or whatever it is. Like I enjoy that. And I enjoy, I enjoy the effort that Ryan puts into it because, uh, and Ryan, by the way, uh, not Mr. Tibbs is his Twitter handle. If you're not familiar, but he, uh, is a good dude puts in a lot of work there so i uh, i guess one change would be like man give that guy get that guy a medal or something he works hard <laughs> well i mean also if you get your way and every ballot becomes public i feel like that would be a coordinated effort so that would all happen at once yeah well but, but some people would still put theirs out early you know right Possibly. like if if, maybe, if, if, if you just wanted to tweet it out you could just tweet it out you know like you could you could break that rule perhaps Unless they put an embargo on it and say, okay, nobody put your ballot out. That's what I'm saying, um, man. But, but I'm saying that wouldn't necessarily happen because they made them, they made them all public. They'd ha- that would be two different steps. Right, Is right. the point I'm making there. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess all this is built on like, hey, just be nicer to each other. Like, I almost feel like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, hey, just be excellent to each other. That's it. Just be nice. Like, it's cool. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think... There are maybe at like... Three or four people out there, but no more than ten people who are seriously trying to be like Hall of Fame trolls, right? I mean, there's there's a couple of them, but I feel like the whole BBWA gets like crapped on because of a couple people, and um, it, it just has turned into this thing where like fans are ready to like stomp on anybody's ballot because they're just so used to this this idea that the ballot thing is is you know going to um, upset them and get them angry and. I'm like, hey, man, let's just have fun again. Baseball's fun, right? Everyone just love each other. Yeah, man. Just flip your cap backwards, smile all big like King Griffey Jr. It's cool. I guess. Ah, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be happy, man. I know, Mister Mister Smiles over here. It just doesn't bother me as much as it bothers <laughs> you yet. Well, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm just older and and more um, more cynical than you, Chris. That's exactly. What it is. Let's uh, let's talk to another man who is older and more cynical than both of us. Bad News Ramen. He's here for his next Three Strikes segment. This is the StuPod. We'll be back in a second. We are back on the StuPod. It is time for another installment of Three Strikes with my main man, my mellow... My ace, bad news, ramen. What's happening? What's up, man? Still, I, still hate Ken Griffey Jr. I still hate Ken Griffey Jr. Okay, and this good. is our third time trying to record this. You had your dog. I had some guy try to <laughs> give me a quote on my palm trees outside. Always got to tell people all the all the all the third wall stuff, huh? They use well, the right terminology there. Yeah, third world, fourth no fourth wall. That's a fourth wall, right? Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, I don't know if it's breaking the fourth wall because I mean I'm I'm this way all the time. It's not like this is an act. I mean, if I sound like a jerk on the podcast, I pretty much am a jerk. Uh, but your dog started barking off like crazy, and my cat just took off. So now she's hiding up somewhere, and I probably have to clean up after her because she, she'll probably go to the bathroom in a strange spot. So um, if I ever see your dog on the street, uh, he's going down, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, Ken Griffey Jr. Listen, I, I, th- I think the the report of me hating on Ken Griffey Jr., like me being a big Ken Griffey Jr. hater, is a hundred percent correct. Uh, I, I think the guy one hundred percent correct. By the way, one hundred percent correct. That's what I just said. 100%. Yeah. I know I I know I talk fast, so let me slow it not, down. Not ninety nine point three percent correct. Not ninety nine point three percent. I don't think he should be. I, I you know, 
I don't see him as being, you know, if he's going to be like the leading vote getter of all time in, in the Hall of Fame, I think there's something wrong with that. I mean, I, th- I think there was, I guess I'm kind of skewed because of Little Big League. I mean, he was such a jerk in that movie that maybe, <laughs> maybe that uh, threw it all off. But I mean, the other thing, too, that, that you know, and, and you can kind of get with this is that, you know, when Linda Cohn interviewed him on ESPN, he was just like a great A jerk, dude. You know, like my dad, my dad's my favorite baseball player. You know, he, he gave one one question answers. And, you know, his best line was like, what do you want people to remember you as? And he's like, smile. And it's like, this is Linda Cohn. She's not some, you know, hold on, dude. It's coming. It's coming. This is my cliche. She's she's not a geek on the street. She actually did her homework. Not some geek on the street. Not some geek on the street. She actually did her homework. And she was actually sounded like really happy to interview the guy. She even like did what every reporter does to say, hey, you know, remember when I used to interview you way back when to kind of like get yeah. him, you know, calm down. And I know how you feel when and me the same way when I interviewed someone and they didn't want you to interview him and stuff. Uh, Upper Deck was, I don't know if they were paying him to, to, to do the, the press junket, but, I mean, if you're going to be the face of, of, say, Upper Deck or even like the face of baseball or the face of the, face of Hall of, of the Hall of Fame, uh, sometimes you got to be on at all times. And, you know, it's this responsibility. I don't think it's fair. Uh, but, you know, whatever it is, that, that's bridge under troubled water or – Credence Clearwater. I, I will say that was a, that wasn't a good interview. Like that, that's a low point for Griffey, and he apologized. He knew he did bad, and, and yeah, I mean he's not a hundred percent like perfect dude or whatever. So, um, but, but I think, but, but nobody is right. I mean, I, no, I think no. you know, I, I think I'm giving him undue criticism. You know, and and that's probably because yes, I am a hater of of Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Um, but was the guy probably one of the best baseball players I've I've seen in my lifetime? Of course he was. Um, but the question I have for you is that, you know, a lot of people are coming out and they want to find like the three guys that didn't vote for him. They wanted 100 percent for Ken Griffey Jr. Every one of those votes that that, that was a no. I was dancing on the table about that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, but here's the thing, like, you know, and, and people are saying, you know, Babe Ruth didn't get 100 uh, percent. Ty Cobb didn't get 100 um, percent. If, if there's one player in the Hall of Fame that you think deserve to be, to be a hundred percent of the vote or if there's a player that you see now that deserves to be a hundred percent of the hall of fame vote who do you think they are well so if i'm going back in time i think that the thing about the first hall of fame was that there's so many people that's why those guys didn't get 100 percent because there was like so many people on the ballot because they hadn't you know done yeah, it yeah, before yeah ty cobb yeah and, yeah uh, so Madison, yeah i mean i think if you're doing it the way it was today i mean i think babe ruth probably you know deserves 100 percent, but it was just sort of a a factor of the time, you know, I would say Willie Mays probably is, is a guy. Um, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the guy, right? I mean, that's the guy that um, I'm, I, you, you stole my answer. You stole my answer. Well, this, this I'm, become, I'm, okay, I, I guess I'm not picking one. Okay, so I guess, all right, let me pick one. Well, this is becoming, this is becoming a Swick and Oz segment now, right? I mean, that, no. now, like the whole three strikes things is totally out the door now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, 100%. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I, yeah. I guess like now in today's, I mean, I, I'm trying to think if I was a writer back then, maybe I would have said, well, you know, I mean, to me, I mean, Jackie was Jackie was. I mean, you, you kind of look at these old time players, and even like a guy like Willie Mays, you watch Willie Mays run the base pass, and it's the like the best thing you've you have ever seen. And and probably there's some writer going like, I didn't like the way he ran the base pass. He he was too talented running the base pass. Well, everybody else didn't know how to run him. Jackie Robinson, that that's a good pull. Um, I would probably, yeah, I would, I would say Willie Mays. I mean, I think Willie Mays. You know, if he's probably the second best baseball player of all time. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I thought, I thought for sure you were going to say Clemente because that's your boy. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Clemente. No, I, I mean that, that's the easy way out, right? I mean, Clemente. I mean, it's funny. Like you're, you're, we're talking about these votings and stuff, and I think 
writers tend to try to find something that was wrong with them. And I, I think you can do it with every single person. I mean, Babe but, Ruth. But Clemente is one of those guys you can't, though, right? Maybe if, like, you have to be like, oh, he was, he was the man. You're right, because... Well, who do you who do you think's a I mean, who do you think's a better baseball player? I mean, it, with all things considered, Sandy Koufax or Roberto Clemente? Oh, I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, I, I guess just, they both got cut short, so yeah. Um, but you know what I'm saying is, yeah. is you know, I, I would say like you know, I could see Clemente not doing it or people not voting for him. And granted, but I'm, I think I'm it's the story. I'm, I mean, that's why yeah, you know. Yeah, granted, I mean, I'm Puerto Rican and Clemente's a you know, you're, you're handed out like a you know, a, a card that says. Clemente is God when you're born as a Puerto Rican. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the naysayers were saying, like, you know, his first 10 years weren't that good. And then he got really good at the end. And, you know, and, and if it was in today's day and age, maybe like, oh, maybe he was on something because, you know, so there's always there's always something. I, I think Willie Mays is the guy that, I mean, that's like the first, I mean, he's not the first, but he's like the total package, right? I mean, not total package Lex Luger and his bad <laughs> interviews, but um, a five a five a five tool player and did everything well and just made everything look easy on the field. I I'm still trying to wrap around why why Willie Mays is not a hundred percent Hall of Fame vote getter, but you know that's the Hall of Fame. That's what makes it so good, right? I mean, there's always going to be always going to be something, man. And and I mean, I don't know. Like it, it, earlier in the podcast, I talked about some of the things that bothered me, but um, you know, I do think I do think in general, like. It's it's fun to it's fun to talk about these things. It just gets bad when people get just so worked up about it. And like, if like I don't me. agree with you, then you hate me. And luckily, we're not having that conversation. Yeah. When it's hateful, when it was like, you know, yeah. he 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 wasn't that good in the little big league. You know, I, didn't like, <laughs> I didn't like the way he looked at that with that with that little kid. Uh, he he's not a kid person. Yeah, just, yeah. No, Griffey Griffey is definitely deserving. I mean, a clear cut first ballot Hall of Famer. Good for him. Um, I, you know, there's just a lot of responsibility that comes with that as well, and I, and I hope he takes that to heart. And uh, I hope he kind of, you know, I, 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 there's part of me that feels that he doesn't get it sometimes. But at the same time, when you're, when you're good all your life, and and you live that lifestyle of always being in the game and kind of know what the game is, I, I think he he protects himself, and you know that's his right. And I will I will support his right to do that. I will support his right to have a bad interview. I won't like it, but I'm not him, and uh, obviously because I'm sitting here talking about him. So good good for him. Ken Griffey Jr., I like you. <laughs> so is that strike one or strike two? Is that two or is that one? No, that's that's strike one. Okay, I, I'm the rambler, baby. So. Strike two. What's, what's strike two? Uh, strike two is so. What I want to ask this is this is a very interactive strike. Three strikes this time. It's yeah, not yeah. just me talking. You know, I, I care. I like I like you, Mike Oz. Um, this, I, I want what if if you could have like a free pass and put any player in the hall, no matter what his numbers are. Um, just because you like this player, you're a big fan of his, or you felt he played he played the game the right way. Uh, which player would you put in the hall that's probably not hall worthy, but he there's just something about him that you liked and you wanted to see him in the in the hall of fame? So I'm, I'm having trouble picking between a bunch of the old A's players that I liked when I was a kid. Um, Car- Carney, I mean Carney's there, right? I, I, I was going to say Carney Lansford, man. Like I was, I was debating between Terry Steinbach and Carney. And, 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 and this, this isn't, this isn't. I, I didn't know you were going to say that, but I was yeah. looking at Carney too. Yeah, and, and like, Terry Steinbach, right? Yeah, like Terry Steinbach was just like, like he was, well, like he was a good player, but he's also like super nice, and like he was one of those, one of those guys. Like after the game, would sign autographs for everybody, and he was good, and he's just like, like oh, I love Terry Steinbach. But then Carney Lansford was just one of those players that, like that guy, I've never met him or anything, but. Uh, it's one of those guys you're like, how could you not root for Carney Lansford, man? Plus his name is Carney. I mean, he's just kind of fun. So I, I, I was probably going to say Carney Lansford. So there you go. And Carney, I'm, I was, cause when I was thinking about Carney, Dave Stewart's my number three, by the way. 
Dave, Dave Stewart. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart should be in, but that, that's that's funny in itself that he's not in. Um, but Carney, I'm just trying to imagine Carney in that clubhouse, and there's two guys that I'm looking at too. My my first and my first ever favorite baseball player was Dwayne Murphy, and I don't know if you know who Dwayne Murphy is, yeah. but he had he did play for the A's, and he was kind of overshadowed by uh, Ricky Henderson. So look at Dwayne Murphy. Uh, I think the first baseball game I ever saw on TV, he had like a home run or like three or four RBI. And I was like, Dwayne Murphy's the man. And, and everybody was kind of laughing. We're like, dude, who are you? You know, so uh, it's kind of like our, one of our old friends that uh, you took him to a baseball game and Lance Berkman hit like three home runs. And when we did our fantasy baseball draft, he had to have Lance Berkman. Yeah. And so it's our first round and we're just knocking out all these big names. Right. And he says like Lance Berkman. We're like, what the hell is that? Dude, Lance Berkman. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, the one guy that I do want to get in uh, that, the one, but the guy that I'd probably have to say that I'd like to see get in, even though I know he won't, um, for other reasons, is uh, Dave Parker, uh, oh, yeah. the, the the Cobra. I mean, God, that guy, that, that guy is just cool, right? I mean, like he's like the bad news Brown of of baseball, right? Like, you know, kind of the villain, but he was so cool that you liked him. Um, um, you know, Dave Parker, I think he gets hurt because of the whole cocaine scandal that went on in the early '80s. Um, but I mean, for a time, he was he was the heir apparent to to Clemente, right? And everybody said, like, oh, this guy is going to be one of the best ever, the first million-dollar man in baseball. And the thing that I liked about the best about him was that whenever he went up to, to bat, and you should probably remember this too, he always smiled, right? Because it's just the way he was. He wasn't smiling, but he had, you know, he'd break out in that grin because that's the way he batted. But Dave Parker, that, that guy was the man, dude. I, I love that guy. I like that question. That was a good question. Good job, Ben. I, I try. I try. So, uh, strike three. And I say I try a lot, too. You know what? It, it was. You know what? You like me. Uh, <laughs> strike number three is, uh, and this was going to be like strike two because I didn't think it was that important, but the more I thought about it, um, I, you know, I think Mike Piazza is quickly becoming a type of player that everybody didn't like when he was playing, but they, after they look back at his career and go like, you know what, this guy is, is he gets it, right? I mean, he was a good player. Uh, he's a great interview. Here we go with the interviews again. Uh, you know, pencil that in, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, He's, I think he's one of the guys that your perception has changed with him over time. And uh, there was a story that was written on Big League Stew about which hat should he go into and uh, retire with. And, and I was kind of under the impression that he should wear the hat of the uh, Dodgers because they picked him like in the 26th round. Uh, they 60 took a chance. Six, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So thank, that's, that's what you're here for, right? Yeah. And right now you're, you're going to have like a, a reader go like, man, this guy doesn't know anything about baseball. How can you say it's the 26th when he was the 62nd? So he's just dyslexic. Go. That's it. I, I, yeah. I just, well, I'm not, that's, that's not funny to make up. No, it's not funny to make fun of. I'm not dyslexic, but there are people that are out there that are that way. But what I want to try to say is that they took a much, they took a chance on him. Uh, he he made he made himself into uh, a great not not a great catcher but a, a passable catcher which really showcased what he could do as a hitter. Um, but I think I would have to say that what he did after nine eleven and the way that um, he kind of championed baseball during that time after nine eleven. Of course, he hits that home run mm-hmm. the first game back in, in in Met Stadium. And I saw a documentary one time. This was a, a couple years ago where they talked to. Um, a, to all the kids that um, lost parents during 9-11. And I don't know if, it, you know, you knew where you were in 9-11. I mean, I, I had an 18-hour day in a newspaper, and I was just totally blown away by I, I was doing something, a major point in U.S. history, and my job was to actually um, design the page where I had to show people jumping to their death because they wanted to die on their own terms. And I remember looking at those photos and saying, well, that one's not good. That one doesn't show enough people. Oh, that's not a good photo. 
that's not a good photo. And when I found the photo that was good, I was like, that's the photo, right? Like, what a you know, that's the photo that I need for this page. And and then when I sent the page and released it to press, I remember just thinking, going like, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe that I got happy because I found the photo where three or four people are just died, right? And so I, I watched the documentary about uh, kids that lost their parents during 9-11. And Piazza was a part of that documentary, and he was a hero to these kids, and he provided them with something good in their life when their life fell apart. And I definitely think that um, I don't care what hat he goes into, but um, for what Mike Piazza did during that time, and I think 9-11, it's been a long time where uh, I don't think we've forgotten it, but it's still a very powerful thing. And I think uh, being in the New York, wearing that New York Mets hat, I, I think he, he was the face of that franchise, and for a while... Uh, he made the country feel good about themselves again. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I just, you know, Piazza, I'm not going to joke around. Like, I'm not going to go like, I like you, but I guess I just did. Um, I didn't like him uh, as, a, as a player when he was with the Dodgers. I didn't like him with the New York Mets. I started liking him when uh, he gave off the, um, the pitching signs uh, to Clemens and everybody just <laughs> killed, like Ichiro killed him in that first inning. Someone hit a home run off of him. And I was like, you know, Piazza, you, ca- you kind of got it. This guy like threw at your head. Uh, you look like a kind of a wuss when you got hit in the head with, with the pitch and then you got back at him on, on one of the biggest stages, stages in baseball. So uh, Piazza, good for you, man. And, and, that, and I don't know how else to say it, but uh, you helped the uh, you helped us through a tough time in our in our in our country, and I think you should uh, go in with the New York Mets hat. Look at that heartfelt heartfelt segment from Bad News Robin. Thank you I, for thank you for giving us a positive, uplifting thing there. It was very positive, uplifting. Uplifting, you know. <laughs> I should I should be on I should be on more often, and, and, unless unless I start talking about Ken Griffey Jr. So uh, well, let's just end off that. We, we, won't, we, won't, we won't have you talk about Ken Griffey Jr. now for at least a couple months. How about that? No more. No, right. Yeah, no more. Yeah, at least until July when the inductions happen. I, I hope he does a better a better thing than than his uh, interview with Linda Cohen. He's going to be like a three, a, a th- three or four word uh, acceptance speech. Oh, there you go. We're not going to do it anymore. Can't this has been three strikes. This is a stupid. We'll Smile. be back. Smile. We are back on the stupid. Mike Oz. Chris Swick here with you. Thanks for checking us out and hanging out and wearing off your Hall of Fame hangover with us. Time for our important question segment. And uh, Chris, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you lead us off this this week because I know you have uh, you have something you were at least proud enough to to tell me about a couple hours ago. I don't know the question you just mentioned right. that what it was and, or mentioned you had one. Well, Mike, as you may know, we are about a month or so away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, the Super Bowl for all of our non-football loving fans. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Bears and Bears and Niners. That was yeah. Okay. Bears and Niners. So I I know they're that both in the NFC. I'm sorry. Coldplay is probably one of your top three favorite bands of all time. So you'll be watching the halftime show pretty intently. For sure. For sure. But uh, I probably won't. I will probably flip over to the Puppy Bowl if you're familiar with that. On I. I think it's on the Discovery Channel. Are you familiar with the Puppy Bowl? I've never watched it, and I don't know what channel it's on, but I'm familiar with the with the general idea. Yes. Right. So, just a bunch of dogs play football during halftime, and it's adorable, and it's really fun to watch. So, my question was, uh, I feel like we need a baseball equivalent for I don't know, maybe the All Star break or the All Star game or something. So, what would that be? Like the seventh inning stretch, like what do we do that 
Yeah, like maybe uh, maybe during baseball's All Star break, there's like a one hour puppy special, and so it kind of gives kind of gives baseball fans something to do. Does it have to be? Oh, is it puppies? Are we are we, are we making be puppies? Because okay, come on. I I think it's um, I think it's people hitting pop ups and puppies trying to oh, catch them. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have a good answer. That's but, a good answer. But it's got to be like wiffle balls or something, right? I mean, we're not gonna. We're not gonna let little puppies get their fit, faces smashed by oh, no. by hard balls. And no, they, but, they, you know that's it's a good, it's a good idea. And even if nobody catches it, it's like fetch. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's that's and, a great. And some of them will run off with the with the ball and you know off to a corner somewhere and chew on it. Some of them will run it back. And I think I won. That's great. We should um, contact every channel who, that might do this and sell this idea before the podcast comes out so yeah. that nobody can steal our idea. That's a good idea. Copyright it, Chris. Copyright <laughs> yeah, the, the, wiffle ball, the wiffle ball, the wiffle ball puffy, like three flies up uh, with puppies. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm going to type that into Google right now. Three flies up with puppies. Copyright. Yeah. So well, I wanted to talk to you about two things. Yep. One, one of which, uh, oh, both of which I'm going to make you defend your, either defend an opinion or defend a whole area of people. Oh, no. um, first of all, you never answered to me this on IM, so I'm, I'm bringing it back to you on the podcast. You tried to tell me that the new Kanye West song is garbage. The new Kanye uh, West song is not it. garbage. I didn't enjoy it. It, okay, here's the thing. Kanye West made a diss song about Nike. Like, like that's like me making a diss song about like Comcast or something, you know? <laughs> like, like Kanye is feeling himself so hard that he's like, I'm gonna make a diss song about Nike. Like, just whatever. And it's full of like, you know, really strange opinions about how Nike sucks and whatever. Like, lots of opinions, right? And then he just called it facts. Like, like the name of the yeah. song is facts. <laughs> like, come on, man! How can you hate that? Look, it's just it's a garbage song. It's not a good it's, song. It's a wonderful song. And he did it over the Jumpman beat. Like, uh, that. I mean, he's just... Kanye does not care at all. Like, he is just out there just being better than everybody. And, like, like he's the guy who hit four home runs in one game and bat flipped each time, and each time went further. And just, like, did cartwheels around the bases and, like, does not care. Like, not at all. Love it. Nah, I still don't like it. You got some funny lines in there. Um, you know, I, 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 you need to give me something more than I don't like it. I, I don't, I just, it's not, it's not good. It's not a good <laughs> song compared to the rest of his, uh, catalog. What is what is your ideal, like, what is your ideal Kanye song? Um, this could, this could solve the question here. I don't know. Anything from my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. All right. Yeah, that's why. All right. Right, that's not a bad answer. No, it's a good. I mean, no, but I'm saying if that's if that's like your Pete Kanye, you know. I mean, I guess. I, well, I see. To me, argue, this is are the you thing. Argue that it's not Pete Kanye. Pete Kanye is called Strapout, dude. Come on, that, that that's Kanye at his best, called Strapout. So it reminded me of it reminded me of Kanye like before Kanye got famous and like he was just doing like 
you know, mixtapes and freestyles and stuff, and he'd just rap over the people's beats and just say outlandish things, and you're like, who does this guy think he is? He's not even famous, and he's just like, you know, all this stuff. So it kind of seems like that, except for now he is famous. Like, it reminded me of that, Kanye, like, where he's just super, like, arrogant and whatever, um, except for now he sort of has all the stuff to back it up, though. So I I mean, I just, I love it. I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, that that... I'm not telling you you're wrong for liking that album. I like that album. It's a good album. But it just reminded me of like a... It reminded me of Kanye back when he was out being Kanye and just like, like totally arrogant instead of like being like, I'm creative genius, Kanye. I'm the maestro. I'm trying to do all this weird stuff with my music. This was just Kanye just being a fool and I loved it. We can Fair stop enough. that. We can stop I didn't, that. I didn't like it. We're going to travel north now from Chicago up to Wisconsin, Chris. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the what the interstate you might take to do that. You can you can fill that in if you want. You but. can take ninety four. Okay, yeah. Um, and <laughs> we need to talk. We need to talk about making a murderer, man. We went to doing the podcast last week. We talked too okay. much about the Hall of Fame. I I will say I'm not completely done. I have one more episode that I'm probably going to watch tonight. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and break down the case and, and all that stuff. It, there's plenty of people talking about that. What I need to ask you about, Chris, is. As someone who you can clarify this, but went went to college in Wisconsin, right? Has you have family in Wisconsin? Mm, some, okay. but you you've spent time there. Yes, I went to college there, and I lived there for a little bit after that. And not you're not from Wisconsin, though. Not from, but no. familiar. From Chicago. Is is uh, is this really how Wisconsin gets down? I mean, it comes <laughs> to these people like. Like and not, not, nothing about the case. I mean, just the way they talk and dress, and like, is this is this how they get down in Wisconsin? I would say the dress is accurate, um, but I, you know, I spent most of my time in Milwaukee, so it's harder for me to speak to the more rural areas. Rural, I like it. Rural. <laughs> I can't even say that because I have to have the other R. Rural, but you, you busted out that. I want to. I want to hear the Milwaukee accent, Chris. I mean, Wisconsin accent. Can you do it? Uh, I, that's, I don't know. It's probably my normal speaking voice, except, uh, I would have to say bag. Would you like that in a bag? <laughs> and, uh, I would have to call water fountains bubblers. No, there's a certain, there's a certain accent you are not hitting, but here's, here's my big question. This is, this is the one that's been bothering me since I think episode four and, and a lot of things bother me in the show, but I've, I've had to think about them and research and read about them and stuff, but this might be the thing that bothers me the most. Do they? What's the deal with them saying "yeah" all the time? Oh, I have no idea. Like that—that that was not something I experienced. Is, is that a Wisconsin thing, or is that just like something these people do? Because the part where they're on the phone and they're like, "Hello," this is Brendan, his mom, right? And the, he's like, "Hello," and she's like, "Hello." Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Like, like it's almost like, like if I were to be like, "Hey, are you, do you have a second to talk?" And you'd be like, yeah, like, like that's almost the verbal uh, arrangement that's going on right there. But it's like, hello, <laughs> hello, yeah, yeah. Like, what's what's happening, Chris? I need to know. Yeah, this I is don't stuck know. with I, me for like two weeks. So I have no doubt that all of these things are Wisconsin things. I just <laughs> spent most of my time in Milwaukee, so it's harder for me to comment on those. Damn things. it, Chris! You're supposed to be my Milwaukee authority, my, my Wisconsin authority. I'm sure I've been to Manitowoc or at least <laughs> through it at yeah. some point in my life. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been to a couple places outside of Milwaukee, all of which have wonderful names like Appleton and Menominee Falls. 
Well, at one point... And uh, Waukesha. <laughs> you can you can you can hit us with your uh, making a murderer theories. I, I mean, that's not really the point. Of no, this. well, and, see, I've, I've no the people. I'm telling the people. If they want to talk about that. They can't. Oh, right. We're but, we're not talking about that part of making a murderer here. Specifically talking to me. Yeah. No, we're. I, I just want to understand, man. I'm and I. I haven't spent a ton of time outside of California. I've lived in California my whole life. I've been some other places, but you know, not for anything longer than a couple of weeks. So, have not been I, to Wisconsin. Um, I mean, I kind of I, I, I go now. I kind of want to go just to that the the county just to like see what's up. Like, like <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be some tourism. Like you know how people started going to Albuquerque because of Breaking Bad. Like I wonder if people are just going to go to go there and just be like, hey, what's up? Like go to the, go to that pool hall and shoot some pool with some of the, the townies. That. I would guess that. <laughs> you don't think there's going to be a tourist tourist destination? We should send, uh, send Townie down there. What? We should send Townie down there to give <laughs> us a report on the area. K-Duck, K-Duck is, he's, you know. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he could do it too. Yeah, it'd be fun. I, I will say this, though. I, I've reached the the point where you are about the Hall of Fame. That's where I am with making a murderer now. Oh, because you've been done with it for so long? And I you're just over have, like. Uh, now I have backlash to the backlash. Oh, okay. I saw, I haven't read it yet, but I saw Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block wrote some piece about, <laughs> I'm like, okay, now we're, we reached the point where Donnie Wahlberg is weighing in as the contrarian to making a murderer. Here we go. Um, so, I, yeah, I need to finish it up and, and move this past part of my life. And I guess I need to get into Fargo next. Is that what I should do? I would highly recommend Fargo. Just, just stay, get, just stay on the accent. Just keep it straight. Just keep the accents going. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. But it's all yeah. That's all. This it's all the same. Okay. You'll be speaking like a Midwesterner in no time. <laughs> I, we should. I mean, we should say. Did we say that making a murder is on Netflix? So, no. so if you guys want to catch up and watch, you have it, no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, you can do it on Netflix. They're like, is this baseball? What does this have to yeah. do with the Brewers, guys? Nothing. But you should definitely watch Fargo, and everyone listening should watch Fargo, the TV series and the movie. But I'm specifically talking about the TV series. Well, has Jesse Plemons in it? We've talked about Jesse Plemons on the podcast. Like we've talked about Jesse Plemons on the podcast probably as much as Bryce Harper. I feel like I feel like he gets name checked a lot on that's, this. That's probably not true, but I love me some Jesse Plemons. We do love Jesse Plemons. We have to get him on the show and be like, "Hey, man, we have to. We have like, to get just, him on." Do you like baseball? No, not really. Well, you want to come on our podcast anyway, and just I don't know. Talk about the Hall of Fame. Like, what do you think about Ken Griffey Jr.? Would you vote for him? Like, eh, okay, how about Breaking Bad? You know, just, I think it'd be fun. Hey, maybe you'd be surprised. Killer Mike had some Ken Griffey opinions Killer last Mike. night, so. I, I know Killer Mike listens to the podcast every week, so. Killer Mike, what's up? If you want to, <laughs> you want to come on to StuPod, man, let us know. Exactly. Asterisk probably doesn't listen to the podcast. I just made that up. Well, I think we've reached the point where it's time to say goodbye. I think so, too. See everybody. This has been the Stew Pod. Uh, you can. Oh, Chris, tell tell them the thing you're supposed to tell them at the end of every show. Oh, you should definitely rate and review us on iTunes. Rate and review. Uh, rate. You and should. Review. You know, I'm not going to tell you you have to give us five stars, but five, you should feel compelled stars. to give us five stars. Five stars. You like my? And I did songs I for you, man. I haven't checked recently to see if we have any more reviews. Rate Last and I review. checked, we had two. Rate give us a third. Review. I'm going to start singing the Rate and Review song every time you do this spiel. Rate yeah, you should record review. that for sure. Rate and Review. All right, that's enough. This has been the Stew Pod. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Can Griffey swing the crowd to one rhyme? Yeah, Griffey's a swinger, not a singer, a deaf rhyme bringer, a home run hitter, but I'm not a dope slinger.
I'm a quick neck ringer. For those who 